0: Listeners, welcome to Turns Out She's Psychic, the podcast. Spiritual musings, sometimes amusing. I'm Tracy. And I'm Laura. Welcome back, dear listeners. It's Tracy and Lara in your ear holes for another Wednesday episode. Happy Hola. hump day, Tracy. Happy hump day. How are you? Tracy, I'm good. And I was just about to say, we are nearing um, the end of this season. We are. Only a few more episodes left. Very fast approaching our little end of the year break. Yep. And
1: we're going to go out with a bang. <laughs> Really?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can't we say are. anything intelligent right now, so you're going to have to fill in that blank.
1: <laughs> well, you, the listeners will just have to wait and, and wait, wait and see what fills their ear holes with the, with the episodes that we have lined up for them. Yeah. It's and been then fun. We're going to start 2022 with a bigger bang.
0: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the big bang. It's been really fun this year getting to interview some special guests and finding out all about their fortes. I've really enjoyed learning new things and going deeper with lots, lots more.
1: Same. I think, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of investing in people who are experts or masters or um, really delving into their craft. And I, I pay a lot of money to do that in my life. To have access to people that can do that, and um, I, I read so many books. And I was just thinking yeah. about it today because I've got another three books that got added to my list today. And I was literally <laughs> just sitting there, just going, "I, I, right now, even if I was never to add a book, I have probably enough books on my to read list that I actually have that I've bought probably for at least a year, maybe two years." whoa I know and and I absorb so much content all the time and yeah I'm really looking forward to just having a break so that I can start to do some more integrating and um application of the content yeah. so I think for our listeners too listening to our guests from this season um and the ones that we've still got to come and then for next season as well I think that over Christmas or over summer, it might be a nice time if you're listening to this in in sort of real time, um, in chronological order as well, um, (laughs) then it might be a great time to sort of go back and um, even though you won't get a new episode every week of TOSP, but you can go back and listen to the other ones and re-listen and re-listen and and extract all of the amazing information that these people have got because... Mm. um, And even over on turns out um, she's a witch, you know, with the experts. so much yeah so um, so much, so much content and information. so don't fret, even if we're not around every week delivering a new episode, because there's still so much there that I'm, I'm sure that if you went back and had a good listen that you you'd get new little
0: aha moments as well.: I definitely do when I listen mm. back to some of our episodes, which sounds weird to say, <laughs> but when I do, it's not, a, it's not a lot, but I do. I'm always going, "Ah) oh. <laughs>
1: Sometimes I'm actually really surprised at how intelligent I can be. (laughs) (laughs) You do have your moments. Well, it's kind of, it must be when Tracy Stacey steps in because it's like, oh, that was actually a really good answer, Tracy Stacey. Like, that was, you <laughs> actually nailed that answer.
0: <laughs> well done. <laughs> well, that's good, actually. That um, gives us a segue into today's show very nicely because today's show we're going to be addressing some questions um, that are thought-provoking that would be great to have a chat around. Mm, for sure. I think you have the first one.
1: Yes. Okay, I'll start. Um, so was, I, yeah. um, and this wasn't a question directly to uh, the podcast per se. Mm. However, it was a question that came up on a post that I did on my private Instagram, well, not my private, but my my business Instagram You're account. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was just a photo that I posted of myself and the caption, sim- the content, the copy simply just said mood, full stop. Mood. Um, and yep. one of, yeah. And um, the, there was a comment on there um that said is mood a product of the brain or the heart and I loved that question but obviously my answer was going to be way too big to reply on Instagram <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I just replied today actually and I said I'm going to answer this on the podcast next week so yeah here I am but I thought um, I thought I would put it out to you first, Laura, because there's no reason why it could only just be me that, that answers this question or talks to this question because you've done enough of your own study and <laughs> your own sort of education around brain and heart and mood. So what do you think about that question?
0: I love, firstly, I love how a little, yes, it was a question, but it's such a sort of brief statement almost, mm. Um Something so small yeah, can really provoke such deep uh, levels of thought. That's cool. So thanks to whoever wrote that. I'm going to say it's both. And it it depends on what you're listening to at that point in time. But I think therein lies um, the information that you can really gather that mood around and reconstruct and deconstruct and figure out where it's coming from. I mean, some moods are great to, to sit in and enjoy and move through and others aren't. And so depending on what mood it is, uh, it's coming from either your head or your heart, usually which one's louder at any point in time. Mm. And so do you think that changing your
1: mood if you wanted to, do you think that needs to then come from the other opposite in order to
0: change it? Ooh, maybe not always. Mm-hmm. Maybe not always. Um, but I think that there is a lot of communication between your head and your heart that has, that, um, has to happen or is useful to happen if, you want, if it's a problematic mood and you're trying to get through it because you can't stop them. I think that's the first thing to realise. It's like a, a mood cycle. You work your way through it. You're never stuck in it. Um, Mm -hmm. We can wallow in it, but it's passing just like a wave, whether it's a good one or a bad one, however you're perceiving it. Um, Mm. But I don't think it has to come from the opposite one. I think it comes from both. And it's that awareness that there is the brain, there is the heart. And what are you listening to um, and when? Maybe when you're at work, you're listening to your head more. Maybe when you're at home, you're listening to your heart more. Or maybe you don't even realise so realising it's super helpful to try and be more aware. Mm. Yeah, I mean, my
1: take on it's going to be very different, very more expanded, not different as in arguing or opposing, but yeah, much more expanded. But I have another question for you. Mm. Do you think that it's um, around the word mood? I, f- I think about that word and like if we just talk about the weather for a second. We, Mm. we, like, I often say, oh, it's a moody day because (laughs) like I use that term quite a lot because I like it when it's a moody day. Um, it makes me happy. You know, I don't know why it just does. I like a gray cloud, a gray, angry cloud in the sky that's moving fast. And, you know, wind like the, 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 the calm before the storm and then the wind hits and then all of a sudden it's a storm. It's my favorite kind of weather and it's moody. But, you know, if we were to go out Not today, actually. But if we were to go out most days, it's blue skies and it's warm. And we never say, "Oh, the weather's in a good mood." You know, like we (laughs) we'll say the weather's moody, um, and where it's like we imply that when you're in a mood, it's a it's a bad thing, or it's something that is something that's undesirable, or something to stay away from, or something that you you kind of like you're not stuck in it. Like you like as in like what you were saying, but um, it's it's like
0: desirable to be a mood
1: (laughs) yeah and and it's kind of it's it it seems like it's okay sometimes to comment on it like Mm -hmm. it's like why are you in a mood or Mm. wow you're in a bad mood it's like (laughs) well thanks for noticing when I'm in a great mood you know like why don't you turn around and comment on the fact that I'm in a good mood as much as you do a bad mood and so it's it's sometimes I find moody mood um and the way that the word mood is described um can be taken in so many different directions as well like and it can cause a roll-on effect of what you do with that too you yeah, know I like,
0: suppose yeah yeah depending yeah. on how you're associating yourself with it rather than mm. seeing it for what it is
1: yeah and it's kind of like mood is kind of a combination of a whole heap of things that is is that isn't settled either way it's just
0: not settled it's more um, inspirational. Like when you think of mood boards, when mm. you're getting creative, um, there's always moods associated with that. You almost have to feel something, so you're leaving yourself open to get creative and feel something in order to allow all these moods to come forward. It's like a living, a living um, space. Yeah. Yeah. Mm.
1: Evolving, an evolving space. Yep. It's not stuck. But when you're in the mood, you know that you're not here or there. You're in the middle.
0: Yep. you will recognize kind of. that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love hmm. that. Interesting. So um, what I found interesting was the question actually says, is it the brain or the heart? And, you know, this is not rocket science, but obviously our brain and our mind are two different things.
0: Yep. Our mind is not our
1: brain. Our brain is not our mind. And when we think about mental health, we do have to consider the brain, the functionality and the actual, um, chemical, like the chemicals of the brain and, and the anatomy and all that kind of stuff in terms yeah. of the physical structures of the brain. Yeah. It's and an then organ. we have to think, yeah. And then we have to think of mind health. And if you, if any of our listeners have never heard of him before, there is this doctor named Doc Amen. Uh, it's A-M-E-N and he's, um. He's an older man, but he is all up on the Instagram and the TikTok, and he's <laughs> um, he's pretty cool. And Miley Cyrus is actually one of his um, clients, and so he's he's pretty with it. But um, and he's funny, and he's got lots of really good information. So you can go onto his Instagram, and he spells it D O C A M E N. But he really makes sure that people understand the distinguished that the the distinction between brain and mind, mm. and. I think that when it comes to mind that it is that you're right in terms of how what you were saying is is in both. But I think mood can definitely be also affected by the brain and the mechanics of it and the physical nature of it. Because for our listeners who don't know... um, Or who haven't read my book, for example, you know, I was diagnosed with depression at 16. And when I was 19 was the first time that I was told that I would need to take medication likely for the rest of my life to be able to function properly. Uh, So for a few years after that, I basically completely destroyed any hope I would have left, I would suppose, through um, alcohol and um, drugs. And so I basically guaranteed that I would need to be on this medication to create, to recreate the chemical that's required for my brain, for me to be a function, a a functioning adult that actually, you know, can work within society. Um, And it's something that I've owned. And obviously I'm talking about it on my podcast right now. uh, And Mm -hmm. I see no shame in it. um, And I see that it's actually great that I've been able to turn my life around and that, you know, I'm on a a very low dose in comparison to where I've been in the past. Um, But it is something that I have to take every night before I go to bed. And if I don't, then we notice it pretty quickly. Um, And so I know that um, I'm fully acutely aware of how the impact of the brain can override your mental, your mind and your heart in terms of um, it's kind of like the, the, it goes into an overdrive. So if your mind isn't strong and your heart's not strong and your brain is broken like mine is to the point that it is, then if the brain is broken and it's not medicated, then the brain, it doesn't matter how healthy you are in your mind or how amazing you are in your heart, the brain will make both of those dysfunctional.
0: Absolutely. It's pretty simple. It needs a specific environment in which... For it to operate yeah and if it, if it doesn't have that environment from whatever mechanism, it won't it will be not operating in its full effect.
1: Yeah and um, a few years ago I had a download from Spirit and they were talking about my brain and my mental health um, and all that kind of stuff and what came out of it was the brain keeps you alive like the brain is here to keep you alive in conjunction with your heart you know, you need both of those to function as a human. Yeah. Um, and so when your brain dead, even if you've still got your heart there, you're not going to function. If your heart's dead. And even if your brain was perfectly fine, you're not going to function. You need your mm-hmm. brain and your heart. Um, but your brain is the element of that brain, mind, heart. Your brain is the element that keeps you alive. The, um, and it keeps you at the optimal, um, the optimal, I guess the more you look after it, the more, the more vital, the more chance of vitality you have if your brain is healthy, but the mind determines how you live. So brain, brain allows you to live Mm -hmm. mind is how you do that. And I really loved that when spirit gave that to me, it really helped me with my mental health issues, understand that I was not my mental health. I was not my brain and my mm-hmm. brain did not determine my mental health. And my mental health did not determine what it meant about my brain. That these were two completely different that there were two completely different um, roles that I have been given, that everyone has been given as a spiritual being having a human experience. I've got my brain, I've got my mind, I've got my heart. And they can all function together even if one of them's letting the team down, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to add that in there because for our listeners, um, if anyone does, you know, live with the challenges of brain issues, brain health, and then that does affect your mental health, then hopefully uh, this distinction that I received a few years ago might help you too to think differently about it. Um, But with all of that brain stuff out of the way, um, if you think about your mind, that's where your ego is. Your ego is in your mind. So if you're in a mood... um, your ego if, if your ego attached or if your ego detached it's going to determine which rich where you most of your moods come from so i can pretty much bet guarantee almost bet my life on it that i could pick with every single person i meet whether their mood is being created by their mind or their heart um and it really just comes to how ego detached they are and how much mm. they or how much they live in their ego so yeah. there's no wrong or right answer it's a uh, it's it a multi yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a multi-level answer really um and you know even someone like me who is as ego detached as you know anyone could be I guess um I still have an ego and it's still there and it's still triggered it was triggered just the other day actually and I and I gave myself the biggest uppercut for it afterwards because Aww. and it, well it, it kind of I needed to do I needed to give myself an uppercut um it mm. wasn't usually I'm quite. I don't judge it at all. Yeah. It's really just, a, okay, you've noticed it, that's it, now <laughs> course, correct? And I never really make a big deal out of them, but this one got a huge uppercut and wow. it was good. I'm glad, I haven't had one of those in a while, so it was good. But um, when you when you live mainly with your ego detached, what you do notice is that your mood is usually consistent. Mm. so there's a lot more consistency when you move from the heart space from the spiritual space than when you move from the ego space so if you are someone who identifies with mood swings like very frequently um or even just quite strong moods when you have them yeah um then noticeable yeah yeah it's likely that um You've got a lot of ego war going on in there and some ego work would definitely help with those, those mood issues. And, you know, like even with the brain, you know, um, it's releasing hormones that contribute to our moods as well. So I know around period time, um, on the day that I get my periods, I get the worst headache and I just want to close my eyes and disappear for a minute. But I'm yeah. also very moody at that point. It's not PMS. It's actually just because I am so just like I feel like I've been smacked in the head a thousand times, you know, just intolerant.
0: Yeah.
1: And so I'm just really short and quick. So I usually know the day I'm going to get my period by this short, quick mood and a, a headache and then guarantee I get my period and then I'm back again. And I yeah. am i don't know, like from my end, you're a pretty consistent mood. And I'm a pretty consistent mood too, I would say.
0: Yeah. Like you say, I have my moments where I know that they're going to swing around. And most often I'm fairly okay. But if I haven't slept well, if I'm not feeling well, I'm going to be much less inclined to remain at a constant. Mm. And that's why it's always different as well as much as I as much as it's always the same it can be different as well it's very changeable I'm okay with that the more I've understood myself um yeah it's life the more okay yeah because I used to think oh you know once I'm a bit more self-aware it should be easier and it's not a lot of the time I'm I'm Mm. more aware of how hard it is sometimes (laughs) yeah if anything (laughs) Yeah. But that's why it's a constant practice, I suppose, of staying aware. And I like what you were saying about the brain. Um, and I am no neurospecialist, but the more you listen to things about the brain, it's such a, um, it's such a less understood organ. And in saying that, there's so much that people know about it and then there's so much that people are like, we're not even sure what this area does. We're not even sure no. about that. Um, but the very base of it definitely is that um, what they call the reptilian brain, which is sleep, eat and sex. And then if that's not functioning, nothing else will. So I thought that was just the man's brain. Yeah, <laughs> same, same. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, that's the really... Um, that's the first thing so if, if that's out then everything else after that's going to be out right all the way you know to our prefrontal cortex whereas our higher order thinking and yeah. rational thought and all of that so if we don't have our basics sorted I mean it's, it's common sense isn't it um that no system works at its best without all the others in place so yeah and even just in these days like
1: I mean we're going to wrap up this question soon but just with these days um with brain health being much more at the forefront, I mean, I've been looking at brain health probably a lot earlier than most. But if you're someone who has had brain health issues, then you're usually looking into it. So for our listeners yeah. who have, you would know. But I don't even know what the percentage is. But like you were saying, like we we only use something like seven percent of our brain. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: something. So crazy, small. and like, they I'm know sure a lot it's not seven percent. But it's no, something it's not, like that.
1: Yeah, it's something <laughs> it's really something low. Like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then with our diet and the pollution and the things that we we are exposed to these days, it, it's not everyone is even functioning at that point. Yeah, and you don't even know. It's like that's the that's. And this is when, when your brain is here to keep you alive. And as soon as I heard it, I was just like, well, shit, I better really start taking care of my brain then. Like if my brain is to keep me alive and the whole idea of having a human experience is so my spirit can evolve, then I want to do anything I can to make sure that my, my human experience is vital and long, like as long as it is till the point where I contracted for my expiry date.
0: Yeah. You reached that. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. (laughs) Are that we done with that cool. question? It was. I like that chat. <laughs> and I love I love how, like I said, I love how something so small can really provide such a deep, thought-provoking dig mm. around. Mm. Same.
1: <laughs> What's well, question couple, number
0: two? Yes, and this one comes from a good friend of ours. Thanks, Shannon, because recently when we had a little get together to talk about, turns out she's a witch, turns out it's haunted and turns out she's psychic and mapping out 2022. Um, Shannon had an awesome question that we're going to use right now and it's around spirit guides and ancestors. Um, And her question was, are they always um, blood related? Like are our spirit guides always blood related from this life? or ancestors, or can they also be from other lifetimes and can they not necessarily be blood-related at all? It's a huge question yeah. and it's a little bit of a mind fuck, But <laughs> What's the
1: relationship like? Yeah. So it's a bit of both. So when we, when we think about our soul, and for those of you who haven't yet listened way back I think in like episode one, Oh, not episode oh. one, in season one. Yeah. We did an episode on sort of the, the soul, the spirit, the human yep. experience, and that kind of explain that. We've got soul. We've got soul. We've got soul. Um, yeah. So go back and listen to that one. But I'm going to, because I'm going to be sort of talking about a few things like that. But when it comes down to it, where we all come from one soul. So all of our lifetimes that we have all come from one soul. So you've got your soul and I've got my soul, but our soul has got all of our other lifetimes sitting in it. It's like a pool and that pool, the soul, the soul pool has inside of it spirits and those spirits are all your past lifetimes and all your future lifetimes Mm -hmm. that you've got left for your soul's evolution. And you are just one of those spiritual beings in that pool that's come down that is having a human experience. Now, when you when you come down and have your human experience, the spiritual team that is available to you is any spirit that you have ever had any relationship with mm-hmm. in all of your soul experiences. So all of your incarnations, you've got all of them available to you. However, the only way that you're ever going to know is by doing some past life regression therapy some akashic mm-hmm. records looking into those kind of niche areas and discovering okay so this guide belongs to this lifetime that i had or this this ancestor was my great grandmother in this lifetime and now in this lifetime she might have been my cousin and she's passed and so yeah can, okay. so if so when you and i die Actually, no. Hang on. When you die, and <laughs> you I'm going to kill me off again. Yep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, I've killed you off in a while. So, <laughs> say say you're gone and you're no longer having a human experience as Laura, you might absolutely have and your soul might absolutely spit out another another human experience in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely likely come in contact with that baby or child yeah, okay. it yep. would it would be a part of my life because you and i are from a soul family that exists outside of biological dna yes yep um but on to the biological dna aspect so now this is where it's gonna i guess it's i guess it's a little bit gonna be a little bit hard to explain without drawing but um I only know, for example, that you and I are on that outside level because I know it psychically. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I know that whoever you procreate with in a lifetime, so me and Matt and you and your Matt. Yeah. That we have actually we share DNA. Like we so we share past life we, we have potentially been each other's brother and sister before or sister and sister or there's been mother a relationship. And son. There's been some that. kind of relationship but where we've yeah. shared DNA
0: yeah
1: oh. so people that you procreate with, you share DNA with. Ooh, I know. and people <laughs> that you that you come from the DNA, so from your parents and then yep. your babies, yeah, direct DNA. So the DNA mm-hmm. stays in. Mm-hmm. but then there are also people that are in our soul family that sits outside of the DNA DNA aspect that are part of our soul family that we have contracts with there's just no DNA yep. that's shared so right. you'll always be you'll never be able to be a sister of mine a blood sister yes. of mine we yep. could be we could be adopted sisters or fostered sisters yeah
0: but not we could just lines. choose
1: to be sisters but we would never share DNA yeah but you might be a teacher of mine or you know, a, a, a mentor, or a coach, or, you know, the lady at the grocery store, or my hairdresser, or my masseuse, or something, you know, like mm. you could be anyone, but you would usually play a role in any lifetime that I have. Our souls would meet each other um, and they would play a role in each other's lives that's very similar.
0: Right, okay. Hmm.
1: Yeah. So, so I hope that answers the question.
0: Yeah, so it's both. So you don't have to be blood related. No. And your,
1: your spirit guides that, so there are two different things. So your spirit guides are you. So your spirit guides, there are two and they are you, they are the highest part of your consciousness. They never had a human experience because you are the human experience that, that, that yes. they are having right now. So the term spirit guides, that is that. And obviously that's you. And then you've got spiritual guides. Now spiritual guides can include ancestors Friends, um, friends of friends, they can include animals, they can include Indians and cowboys and gods and goddesses and angels and it's anything that is existing in a spiritual realm. Aliens, Aliens. you know, like anything. (laughs) Anything that exists outside of the human realm is a spiritual guide and none of them have to have your DNA to be your spiritual guide. But the ones who do have your DNA or were in your family or have had experience with you, they can be there too.
0: Yeah. So it's both. So cool. Very cool. I love the part where you just said um, if for it to be ancestors, the ancestors are in all your lifetimes, you're always related via DNA.
1: Yeah, but you might not always
0: exist at the same
1: time. Yeah, yeah. Like you might not, like I, don't, I wasn't here the same time that my great-grandmother was. Um. Yep. Or my great. Or yes. I oh, no. I wasn't. She's was about to say yes. I was. But she died just before I was born. But anyway, um. Like yep. my kids are alive when their great grandfather is alive, um. But not when. Well, to one of them was here with great grandma, and the other two weren't. And so that doesn't mean that they're not blood, like not DNA related, still. And yeah, it doesn't mean still, that she still yeah. can't be a spiritual guide for them, even though they never knew
0: her. Correct. Yep. But um, then, if
1: you died. Yep. Again, I've just killed you off again. Um, <laughs> you could be a spiritual guide for my kids as well.
0: Yep. Just not a, obviously, not an ancestral one. Mm-hmm.
1: And and then, you yep. know, if you want to even go into um, organized religion where they talk about godparents. Oh, yes. Especially in Catholicism. You know, godparents, it's in in kind of, in that kind of vein, I guess, if we look at it, um, they, they would definitely be able to. Like it's almost like when you're given the rite of passage as a godparent, then it's yeah. like kind of, according to them, it's like access to your spirit.
0: Yeah. Or even if you take away that layer of religion and say guardian, you know, how especially more and more common to um, assign guardians to mm-hmm. Correct. your children. That's same vein, isn't it? Yep. Mm. It's really special. Good question. I love it.
1: (laughs) Mindfuck, but good question. (laughs)
0: Because it's so involved and it's like the more you ask, the more you realise you don't know. It's like the more you find out, sometimes the more you realise you don't know. (laughs) And the more I realise I just know stuff that isn't obvious. And and you have this understanding because it is, it might not have even been explained to you in the past. You just have this sort of undercurrent of knowledge and understanding without having had it explained to you.
1: Yeah, I was in a meeting yesterday and um, the topic was extroverts and introverts.
0: Oh yeah,
1: and uh, a psychologist was in that meeting, and she was saying she's over in um, Norway, and she, I love her. She's she's just such an incredibly intelligent, kind woman. But she was saying how she doesn't actually believe or subscribe in the extrovert introvert kind of labels. Introverted extrovert. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't. She kind of doesn't really subscribe to it because she's saying actually, introverts that we would think of as an introvert are actually just they just they just process things differently yeah and extroverts also process things differently and the way that we process it determines what that looks like but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're an extrovert and it doesn't necessarily mean that you're an introvert it's just a processing thing and so it would be more like your processing style is that you like to absorb before you Respond or before you enter into something or insert yourself into something. And the extrovert process, or the extrovert in money mm. is the process for someone like that would be to not process any of it first, but process it after. And so, if we think of an introvert, that's not what we would think about. We wouldn't be straight away thinking about the way that they process information, we would be thinking more about an introvert as someone shy. Or someone yeah. who maybe has, you know, maybe doesn't always have um, and it's usually the opposite, which was another part of the conversation that was so cool in terms of self-esteem and self-confidence. Usually introverts have more than, a, than an extrovert, believe yeah. it or not. But yeah. with introverts, you know, for some people who don't understand an introvert, we might see them as people who are shy and maybe don't have much self-confidence. And I would actually call myself an introvert by all the definitions that she gave in terms of the way that I process. Um, and the way that I appear, you know, like it's just, I'll sit back first and then I'll go in. Yeah. But, um, the, um, there was a, someone who came on it who identified as an extrovert and she was saying, this is fascinating. She said, I've always been told I'm an extrovert. I've always described myself as an extrovert. And I feel like I've used it to my benefit in so many ways. And I have never stopped to consider that there are people out there who actually think that I need to process something before I go up and introduce myself to a complete stranger. (laughs) She's like, I'm just like, straight up, hi I'm so and so. How are you today? And it's straight into it. And she said, I've never until today, and she's like a grown-ass like 40-something year old woman. She's like, I have never till today sat here and had that moment of realization that there are actually people out there who doing that is not what they want to do in it because of the way that they process. Mm -hmm. And so it's the same kind of thing, I think. Like when I heard it, I was like, that's just like me with what I do with like i didn't say it but i'm thinking to myself that's like me with how i just am what i do or do what i do and yet i i'm completely oblivious to the fact that there are people out there who have zero idea but may even never think about it
0: yeah well i think that's you know that's what you know and your perception is completely dependent on your comprehension of things. And quite often your comprehension of things is what you've lived and what you know to be true. So to see it from a completely other perspective.
1: Yeah, but, you know, like how, um, like if, say, for example, you had ridden a horse and you know what it's like to ride a horse and then you meet someone, you'd never automatically just assume that they're going to know what it's like to ride a horse. You'd have yeah. to say, have you ever ridden a horse? Yeah. It's like I don't go up to people and just like, so have you ever thought about a spirit guide Yeah. and, and a spiritual guide? And if you have, do you know the difference? Like yeah. it's just and, and it, I would have to ask the question without just assuming.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of, it is. of a of assumed anyway. knowledge. Mm,
1: yeah. <laughs> And, and because I've always known it, I don't know. And like this woman with the extrovert thing, I don't know what people don't know. Yeah. Yeah. At what level. I, 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 have, I don't know what it's like to not be this.
0: Yeah. Exactly. And because everyone has little bits of understanding and knowledge and it's not the big picture that you can see. Mm. It's just little parts of illuminated areas. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's cool. interesting. I it like the introvert, extrovert. I've never heard it being described as that. I've, the best definition I have heard up, up until today was where that an introvert draws their energy from within. They don't need other people's approval or attention or anything like that. They've got what they need right within themselves and they're fine. Whereas an ext- extrovert sort of thrives and derives their energy from other people's reactions to them. That spurs them on. Mm. I thought that's that, um, that's interesting that always an interesting take on it yeah hmm it's a I feel like it's an element to
1: it I don't think that it would describe an introvert and an extrovert in terms of a gender. um but I feel that I feel like it's an element of it I guess because I'm trying to think of ego and energy at that point and um introverts tend to tend to have a very healthy ego Mm. and they're aware of it extroverts tend to not so that would be one thing one thing to i guess support what you're talking about but in terms of the energy that you get from something Mm. um yeah i'd have to think i'd have to think about that Mm.
0: it's It's interesting interesting. Mm. yeah definite (laughs) food for thought I know. I love thinking. I think this is a thinking episode. <laughs> a thinking over. out loud. Yeah, yeah.
1: We're going like
0: this. What? You my Matty.
1: My Matt always says, um, oh, "I'm thinking in my head." And I'm like, "Well, I fucking hope you are."
0: <laughs> I don't know
1: where else you're supposed to be thinking. I'm thinking
0: in my big toe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like. Um, Brené Brown talks about when you know. There's potential conflict or potential for a misunderstanding between what someone has said and how another person's interpreting it there's this conflict uh, a um, sort of a statement for conversation that you can have before it all blows up is you tell the other person well I heard you say that and the story that I'm making up in my head based on what I heard is blah, blah 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 and the other person then can go yeah, that's what I meant. Or no, or, no, that's, that's just, not what I meant. Yeah, I had that is definitely not what I meant. But yeah,
1: and the like story. when you say that, it's like that is so just obvious. It's just communication. It it's, it's just well, healthy, yeah. mature communication. And I was going to we... say it's adult, mature. Yeah, but when did when did we lose yeah. that maturity and that communication skill? Like at some point, like I feel like it got lost before I was born.
0: Yeah, did it. Did it get lost, or is this an evolutionary process that we have to learn? No, it got lost. Yeah, it got lost because back in the day, um,
1: back in the day, uh, (laughs) before we were born, because we're too young for being back in the day. But back in the day, it was all about communication. So you, all you had were your words to talk. You didn't have, um, you know, any other way really to communicate apart from your words. And your language, which was why if you go back and you read old letters and, um, you know, old diaries and even old books, their language is so rich and it's using words Mm. that are so full and descriptive and the perfect word for exactly what they're trying to say. And so as we've evolved, we've actually just lost the art of language. We've lost the art of being able to use full vocabulary.
0: It's just been lost. Yeah, of so, course. I mean language is lost. one thing, but it's the interpretation and people being able to listen is a whole other thing when there's different you well, know, that's social evolution of laziness. Yeah. Social it doesn't mean levels we didn't have it. Yeah. But social levels of of certain people being listened to and others not, and certain uh populations being valued and others not. There's a there's a lot in it that comes down that that, you know, rides on how well someone is heard or even given the opportunity to be heard.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a much bigger topic
0: yeah. than just
1: sitting down <laughs> and saying, hey, you've pissed me off because this is what I heard you say and this is my interpretation of it. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, I mean, people are just, people are lazy
0: with their language and people, their
1: communication.
0: Yeah. But some people can't even have that conversation without being defensive and shutting down. And as soon as mm-hmm. they hear someone disagree with them, then they shut down and they can't communicate because all of a sudden they don't agree with you. Whereas there's a the level of maturity that has to happen there to be able to have a grown up conversation. hundred percent agree. Yeah. And that's not everyone, but I like it. I'm here for mature conversations. Me too. Yeah. Anyway,
1: <laughs> on that note,
0: <laughs> I have our third and final question. And it seems really obvious, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So, you know, when um, the spiritually, spiritually inclined people maybe ask a question out to their guides or whoever, and they, they word things like, um, what does the universe want me to know right now? So um, does the universe represent our ancestors' loved ones? Um, Does it represent other guides as well? Is it all or everything or something else? Mm
1: -hmm. Great question. Huge, great question. (laughs) So the universe is, okay, I want everyone just to clear what they think they know or anything about that question even just for a second because I just want to give a bit of bigger picture theory for a second. Right. So there are two parts to this thing that we know as existence. There is the consciousness part, the conscious, and there is the universe. The universe is the science and the consciousness is the spirit. So universe is non-feeling, non-emotional. It doesn't have, um, it doesn't really even have its own agenda. Like it doesn't have a brain, so to speak, that, that, that has, has an opinion or or an ego or a mission or anything. It's just science. It's, it's responsive. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yin yang, it's, It's opposites. It's all the universal laws that are out Mm -hmm. there. So universal law of attraction, universal law of cause and effect, otherwise known as karma. Um, We've got so many. There's like 13 that most of us, well, not most of us, but 13 that are much more well-known than many of the other ones, but there's a few more, I think. Universal Um, laws. Yes. And so the universe is governed by these laws that are all scientific and when you when i speak to the universe i'm not really speak i i never not really i never speak to the universe and expect an intelligent thought out emotional response yeah my spirit guides are not hanging out in the universe the universe is manifested the universe is energy it's physical spirit and consciousness is not it only manifests on earth as a human being or in the earthly realm that we know of it's. And, and if you believe in aliens and it manifests in alien realm and um, um, oh, what's the word, um, other dimensions. Dimension—that's the word. Yeah. So in other dimensions, but in our—in what we know, in our construct, without getting far too off the charts and spending yeah. the next three hours talking about it, not
0: like us, <laughs> no,
1: because <laughs> that's a whole different thing. But from this yep. question, what I'm—you know—I want to stay sort of true to the essence of this question. And yeah. So whenever, whenever I speak to the universe, whenever, and what I want everyone else to think about when they speak to the universe, if you say universe, what do I need to know? Yep. what you're going to get back is a scientific response. So if you say, if I say to the universe, I'm miserable, I'm, I, I need to end this relationship, I need to get out, like what do I need to know? Then what you just did was speak the truth. So the universe automatically is going to deliver something that is opportunistic around the truth. So it's going to deliver an opportunity for you to get closer to what's for your highest good. However, with all of that emotion that you've got backed behind speaking your truth, that sends off more things for the universe to deliver back. So if you're being... Miserable, and I need out, and this relationship is over, and I just need a sign, universe. I just need a sign just to let me know that, that, that that's the right thing to do. Then, with all of that desperation that you're putting out there, with all of that hope but lost hope at the same time, um, with all of that kind of just um, the really just resigning, like that resignation that you have mm. that something's over, like all those emotions that are behind those statements to the universe, you have to know that what you get back is more of that. So you're like a a satellite. So you're sending out a signal to a satellite. If your signal is all of those things, those emotions that we just talked about, if all of those are going up into the universe, then the universe is getting a signal And it is science, so it is going signal, 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 okay, we're going to make that signal even stronger. So they start to send back more things in the physical realm in your life to experience more of that feeling and that emotion and that state. It's manifesting. Correct. And so this is why if you really understand the universal law of attraction and the universal law of cause and effect and the universal law of vibration, which are the top three that I focus on, If you really know those laws, you have got to be really fucking careful. Intentional. How you... Intentional. You have to be really mindful and self-aware as to what is a consistent message you are sending out into the universe because you are just on loop. Yeah. You're just going to keep getting the same thing. So... When you speak to the universe, just know really, if if it comes down to the simple of it, really the way that you speak to the universe, think about your emotion when you're doing it, because the universe can only answer back with that same emotion around what it is that you're asking guidance for. So yep. if it was that example of this relationship's over, I just want to leave yada yada. The universe is going if that's your truth, then the answer's gonna come really fucking quickly. And it might be that your partner walks in the door and says, I'm out, but bashes the crap out of you before you go. Or, yeah, so you know, it won't be pleasant. Says and says or says, I'm taking the kid's butt. Or like, you're you're not gonna get anything out of this. But makes it really hard. Like there's yeah. you know, sorry if this is a trigger warning for every for anyone, but um it's like just be really mindful how you're asking the universe to give you an answer because it will give you at the same it'll give you your answer but it will give it the same way back which is going to make you think surely this isn't what was meant for me.
0: Yeah, I was but going well, to say yeah yeah um, it's like well because it that is. feels like crap and that will make you second guess well maybe this isn't the right thing because it doesn't feel great and I thought the right thing would feel great but correct merely but, understanding it is the right thing but it's giving you what you're already feeling which is a bit shit. Yeah, that's it. Makes sense.
1: And so, if you said instead, you know what, my relationship is over. I've made peace with it, yeah. um, or I am making peace with it, and I know I'm going to make peace with it. Yeah, um, I, I really just want to know. Like, can you just give me a sign to know that I'm going to be okay? Yeah, that that everything is going to be fine. Then the universe will give you the truth because that's yeah. that's your truth if you're really feeling that way, if you're not lying to yourself and you're really feeling that way, which is if, like, and that's this is, this is praying. So essentially yep. what we're doing is praying. And the so,
0: readiness for it.
1: Yeah. And so you're going to get your truth, but what you're going to get at that point is probably not present moment upheaval but instead opportunities to move towards that, that move you out of where you are. Yeah, okay. Because the way that you are vibrating is opportunity and, you know, like I'm thinking about the future and I know I'm going to be okay and, yeah. you know, the, this has got to be over and it's not going to be pretty, but I'm, I'm okay. I'm going to be fine.
0: Yeah. You'll keep and moving s- through it.
1: So the universe will start giving you little steps along the way that make sure yeah. you stay
0: fine. Stepping stones to follow. Yeah. That's so, so when nice. we.
1: Yeah, so when we speak to the universe, um, where what we're getting back is kind of like um, course correction opportunities, or, or we are getting course off-course opportunities, depending on yeah.
0: which way we ask the universe. Yeah, right. I yeah. love that. And what a beautiful um, way to build your relationship with it and build your faith when you start following that more and more and paying attention to and taking those opportunities.
1: Well, the universe determines how we live our life, um, in terms of how it, how it manifests. So spirit is like, um, that earlier question with how the brain keeps us alive, but the mind lives our life. Um, the universe, um, the universe kind of keeps us alive and shows us our life in front of us and kind of creates it for us as we move along in time. But the spirit holds the full potential of it all. And it's our choice in this human experience. That's what we're here for, is to see whether we can expand into that full potential or not, um, whether we want to. And that's that's the curse of being a human, one would say, <laughs> in terms of its choice. It's At complexity. every point in time, you can choose to be a victim, a survivor, a thriver. You can choose to rise above it all. You can choose to dig yourself a hole. You could its always a choice, and it's always you a know,
0: choice. Yeah,
1: it is. And and I know, like earlier on, um, not in this episode, but earlier on in—I don't know if this was this even in this podcast, but I know that I've been quoted <laughs> before in saying that this is that's all, where I've said, um, "I don't care." Not that I don't care, but it, and it's not like from a caring place, but like I don't care if you think that that life is happening to you in so many ways that I'm, I didn't cause, you know, this person coming and crashing into me and making me a quadriplegic and yeah. my wife losing me and my kids are yeah. having things to do with me. And, Fair enough. You know, like, yep. I didn't cause all of that. It's like, well, you did. <laughs> and it's really, really hard for people,
0: that person, for example, to understand it, but he did. It's bigger than us and it's bigger than our interpretation of it and how we're feeling at any given time. Always. Yeah. Whether it be pleasant or unpleasant. Correct. The more pleasant things are easier to accept. It's like, mm-hmm. a, it's like a parent with a really sound and settled baby thinking it's all down to them and how they're parenting and then the next one comes along, they do nothing different, but that baby's a squawker. Mm-hmm. And they think it's all their fault. It's neither. Mm-hmm. It's, <laughs> it's got right. nothing to do with them, <laughs> and nope. everything to do with them at the same time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's a mind fuckery. <laughs> it is.
1: So when you're wanting to ask your ancestors or your guides um, for information, know that don't use the word universe. Just it's just spirit. It's what it's what people refer to as God. Yep. God is not the universe and the universe is not God.
0: A lot of people like to use them interchangeably though. But they're not. Yeah. That's why,
1: um, so I call it source. Yes. Um, but I. this is another one of those things where I just assume people would, I don't assume people would know the difference, but when I speak I, am, I know if I'm saying or oh, the universe, I'm using it intentionally because I know that was a universal deliverance. Yep. Not a spiritual deliverance, yep. um, and then I'll call it spirit or I'll call it source when I know that it was a spiritual deliverance, not a universal deliverance. Um, so I'm you I use those words and it might sound like I'm using them interchangeably, but I'm not. And so some people it's it might sound like they're using them interchangeably, but they might not as well, um, yep. because it literally could be a God thing or a universal thing.
0: Yeah it's. it's
1: it, but obviously a lot of people think it's the same thing. And it's not
0: it's not the same thing. it could be all different things, depending on who you're asking for for advice or mm. guidance Yeah, mm-hmm. yep, amazing, yep yep. It kind of clears up that question, but, yeah, stimulates even more. <laughs> <laughs> write them down. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And every, I'll, Well, I'll write mine down and listen as if any of you guys have more questions. Keep them coming in. We love having chats about them and if it resonates with you, then, then great. But, you know, there's lots of advice and information out there as well. So keep looking, keep asking, keep curious. Absolutely. It was a great chat, Tracy. Thanks for joining us. No worries. Thanks for joining me. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Hope you're all happy and healthy and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. If you'd like to send us
1: one of your ghost stories or if you have a question for me or for Laura, send us a Gmail at TOSPsychic at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at psychic, and over on Facebook at TOSP Podcast.